Welcome back to Long Distance Work where we help you lead, work, and thrive on remote and hybrid teams. I'm Marissa Eikenberry, a fellow remote worker, and joining me is my co-host and remote work expert, Wayne Trumel. Hi, Wayne. Hello, Marissa. How are you? I'm great. Are you ready to tackle some more pet peeves today? I am. This is like my favoriteest thing. It's like when I do training, I always tell people, don't be shy. This is your chance to vent. And just a little word about pet peeves in general. When we get them from readers, it very often starts with maybe it's just me. And the answer is no, it is not just you. That's the point. Yes. So if you've been thinking about sending us one for a while, do it because um, it, not only is there, it's a, not just you, there's probably also even us that <laughs> feel the same way. So we're going to start tackling those. I've got two lined up for you and we're going to start with Michael's. Michael told me on LinkedIn that for him, his pet peeve is meeting canceled meetings canceled the day of, and it's worse if it's an early meeting or the closer the cancellation is to the starting meeting time. Yes. The answer is yes. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I was like, um, now, I feel that too. It's interesting because what Michael didn't say is the momentary feeling of relief and hallelujah that right? goes when a meeting is canceled. The introvert right. in me is like, oh, thank God. <laughs> What I suspect he's referring to is the sense that you have blocked out time on your calendar and there is something presumably at least as important, likely more important that isn't getting done because you have blocked time for this meeting. There's prep time and then the meeting is simply. And I think that there are a couple of things that need to go into this. Because what is it that peeves us off, off about that? It's seldom that the meeting is canceled. I right. mean, that's, that in itself is often, oh, I get an hour of my life back or whatever. It's a couple of things. One is I've wasted all this time yeah. prepping or blocking it or not scheduling something that I could be doing. So there's a productivity waste here. The second thing I think is... It's just plain rude. Right. 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 And depending on if you're crossing time zones and doing different things, it's an inconvenience. So I, I think there are some things. First of all, your mother probably raised you right. So if something is canceled, apologize. Acknowledge the work that's gone into it and, and give a reason why it's canceled. Right. Yeah, I had a meeting this week that got moved a couple times, and every time it was, crap, I didn't know about this thing. Here's why I need to move it. Okay, no problem. Most people are reasonable human beings. People will be reasonable about this, assuming two conditions. Mm -hmm. One is that it is acknowledged, and you, you don't have to grovel or anything like that. But a simple, I'm really sorry, I know that you prepped this, I know that you blocked other time out, here's why we had to change or cancel the meeting. Yeah. Because frankly, there's very often a good reason for this. Mm -hmm. If you are canceling the meeting, there jolly well better be a good reason for this. Right. And it has to do with a key stakeholder can't make it, or we're missing certain information or the building caught fire, whatever it is. When you cancel, do so with an explanation, as much explanation as you can give, because most people will go, oh, that makes sense. 
So that's the first thing. The second thing is whatever business was supposed to be conducted in this meeting obviously did not take place. How are we going to handle that? If it was important enough to hold a meeting, obviously it's important. Are you going to send the information via an asynchronous form, right? Are you going to send the PowerPoint? Are you going to direct them to where they can get the information that would have been given out in the meeting, right? So that people at least get the value of that. I think it's important that we know, is this canceled or is it rescheduled? And approximately when will it be rescheduled? Tell us what the future holds. So we can block that time in our calendar. So we can block that time unnecessarily. And I think that's, and and I know that that doesn't make up for the frustration, particularly, as I say, if you are readjusting your life, not just your, your schedule, but your actual life. You know, when I have clients in Europe and I love my European clients very much, but I live on the West coast of the United States, there is no good time. Yeah. Somebody's going to get inconvenienced either way. Somebody's going to be inconvenienced. And the customer being the customer, it's probably me as it should be. Now, Mm -hmm. depending on the time of day can be a big deal. Because if I need to be on webcam, for example, I need to be showered and dressed from the waist up and, you know, look reasonably awake and be properly caffeinated. Well, if I have done that at five in the morning, and you have now canceled. And it's happened. I mean, I've yeah. gotten up at 4.15 for a five o'clock meeting only to check my email and they've canceled the meeting. Oof. Congratulations. It's 4.15 and you're awake and the coffee's on. Well, you know, my day has done. taken a serious hit. <laughs> Yeah. I know for me, like, because the, the nature of what I do, like I I do so much deep work and there are some times where it's like, I won't plan my deep work, my project work during certain times because, well, I'm going to have a meeting at 10 o'clock or I'm going to have a meeting. So I'll just do this later. And then when it gets canceled, it's just like crap. Like that was time. I, I mean, yeah, I theoretically have it back now, but it's like, but now I've scheduled other, other stuff around it. So it, it doesn't really feel like I got that time back, even though I theoretically did. Yeah. And what you said is really important because you're not just losing the time of the meeting. Mm-hmm. I'm the same way. If I know, for example, we're recording this today and that's on my my schedule. Well, for the last half hour, I've been doing little things. Right. Right. Deleting stuff from my inbox and, uh, you know, updating some things, but little mindless tasks because I want my head in the game to do this mm-hmm. and I don't want to get into something that requires deep thought and then have to stop. Right. That's, so, that's where I'm at. <laughs> right. Exactly. So what happens is we not just lose, call it an hour because that's an easy yeah. framework. We not only lose that hour, we probably misspent a half hour at least. Maybe. Depending on when the last thing that we got done got right, done. Right, exactly. Oh, I got off my call at 9.30 and the meeting is at 10. I'm not going to jump in and do something major. Oh, yeah. Like I've gotten off meetings, but I mean, I end my day at like 3.45. And so there are times that, you know, I'll get done with whatever task that I'm doing at like 3.30 and I go, well, what am I going to do for 15 minutes? I'm going to be honest. I probably go on Facebook because it's like, what am I going to get done in 15 minutes? Not a whole heck of a lot. And, and so, and, and here's the thing though, you do that. Nobody cares. Exactly. The work got done. 
And, and this is the thing about remote work. The work, the product for the day got done. The fact that you're 15 minutes late, early, coming in, leaving, running to target, whatever you're doing, is not as important as the fact that the work product, for you got an acceptable amount of work product done for the day. The problem with canceled meetings is that you could have gotten more work product done. Right. Now, you know, now those projects have been scheduled on other days because I thought I didn't have it in my calendar today. Exactly right. So I know, Michael, that this does not assuage the pain, right? Because it is annoying. But I think if we apologize and recognize the inconvenience, give people some sense of what's next, right? Mm -hmm. Are we going to reschedule it for Thursday? Are we going to send out the materials in advance? Tell us what's going to happen as a result of this so that whatever work we were supposed to get done still gets done because the meeting was supposed to accomplish work. Right. Give people a sense of what's next so that they can plan their life. I think, you know, stuff happens. Of course. And most people recognize that, but... You know, we can take the sting out of it a little bit. Well, and I think, too, because I've also heard this where, you know, you have a meeting that, well, maybe it might happen, but maybe it won't happen. But it's it's not like we're canceling it because, you know, the house caught on fire or something like that. It's just a, I don't know if I'm going to have it or not. Cancel it, like, earlier rather than later. If the day before you're like, I don't know if we need to have it, cancel it. <laughs> yeah, I think periodically, you know, asking yourself, do we need to have this meeting at all? And that's an important question to ask. And can it be done in another fashion? If everybody comes into the office Tuesdays and Wednesdays, maybe we'll just do it Wednesday when everybody's here. Yeah, or I don't really need a status update because we technically talked the other day. Like, we can just cancel this meeting. And if you have a decent reporting system, status updates are largely unnecessary. (laughs) That too. What's your next question? Yeah, so our next one is from uh, Lourdes. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Lourdes. Um, thank you. Um, and it says, if you're collaborating across time zones, global or country specific, organizing meetings or expecting responses at convenient times where headquarters are based with little regard of how late or early in the day it might be for other remote locations. Slack and Outlook have a send delay option for a good reason. Um, and she added a very nice little emoji. I did ask for a little bit more detail and I go, okay, what's the worst that you've ever seen for this? Like, what does that look like for you? And she said the worst times that she's ever seen were 5 a.m. for a meeting or between 9 p.m. and midnight for time zones outside of headquarters. People who live in headquarters, forget what they learned about eighth grade physics. (laughs) Okay. And they don't realize that the sun does not revolve around their particular building. Yes. People on the East Coast of the United States are particularly bad at this. I mean, we are particularly bad at this even as an organization. Well, but we're not. We're okay. not. Here's the thing. Okay. Indianapolis is on Indi- is in Indiana, yeah. which is in the Eastern, Eastern time. time Zone. We have Chuck's in the Mountain Time Zone, Arizona. Yeah. Nobody knows what time it is in Arizona ever because they're right. constantly switching. Right. And I'm on the West Coast. I'm an early bird. When Kevin schedules like our team meetings, first Mm -hmm. Friday of every month, 
It's seven o'clock in the morning for me, but that was negotiated. Fair. Right. That is the latest that I usually start my day. So, you know, I'll often have a t-shirt and a baseball cap on because I won't have showered, but everybody knows me and it doesn't matter. And, and it's so seven meeting. o'clock in the morning doesn't bother me. Yeah. Now, as I say, if I'm talking to somebody in London, right, that's a different, that's a different animal. Or if you're talking to somebody in Asia Pacific, that can get complicated. But the default very often is whatever time the headquarters is in, everybody synchronizes their clocks accordingly. And that shouldn't be necessarily the norm unless it's absolutely mandatory. You know, if you've got a call center in Manila, yeah, it probably needs to be when your customers in the U.S. are awake. Right. Right. There are some things that just make sense in terms of workflow. But there are two things, I think. One is look for peak times. Right. If I have to stay an hour later than usual to do a call and that's not all the time. Yeah. I'll take one for the team. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Once in a while, it's fine. If you feel like you are constantly being imposed upon and unnecessarily so. That can lead to disengagement and disgruntlement and all of that kind of negative stuff. Because it just feels like your needs are secondary to everybody else's. So when this happens, yes, I mean, who needs to be the one to raise the flag? Is it the person who's being super inconvenienced and needs to go talk to their manager? Or does the leader need to realize, hey, I might be in New York, but my team is in Spain. And I'm asking them (laughs) to be on a call at a time that's not great for them. Well, and that's the thing, right? I know that for me, when I led a team and it was an international team, I tended to take one for the team. Mm -hmm. Unless the majority of the people on the call were in a single time zone. That makes sense. Try to get as many as you can. If it's just me and that person. Mm-hmm. I will generally take one for the team and do it when it's convenient for them. That is one of those dark side of servant leadership things that we've talked about, though, mm-hmm. where if you've got five team members outside of your time zone, and so you're starting at five in the morning and finishing at eight at night, that ain't good. Yeah, you need to take care of you, too. <laughs> yeah, so everybody needs to communicate that. I think one of the things that is very helpful Besides just asking people, when would you like to hold this meeting so that it's not killing you? Mm -hmm. That would be good, right? Right. Just ask people what works. Every once in a while, though, toss them a bone. You know, maybe people in the New York office need to suck it up and, you know, take a morning call or stay a little bit later. And, And the thing is, the way that we work now, It's not like if I have an eight o'clock call, I have to work every minute up till eight o'clock. We live in a time flexible world. Mm -hmm. If you're, you know, if you work till two o'clock and you've got a call at eight o'clock at night, go to the gym, have dinner with the family, circle back and join when you, when you need to. I think what Lourdes is addressing is this kind of home office bias, which literally leads to thoughtless behavior and thoughtless not in the sense of you're a miserable horrible human being it's that you literally didn't think about it so when you have people in different time zones 
Confer with them, find out what works. Do they like early morning? Do they like evening? How does this impact their workday? Right. Well, and to your point, even just from the last question, does it need to be a meeting at all? Could this be done asynchronously, which would probably benefit all of them? And we're living in a world where literally with the push of a button, you are recording, transcripting, and translating your meetings. Right. So if it's an informational meeting where you're basically giving information, maybe somebody doesn't have to be up at midnight. Well, maybe it doesn't need meeting. to be a meeting. It could be a video. If, it, if it's truly just, I'm going to give information and then people can ask questions. Um, I've seen people use Loom or, or other software to just record a video and then send it out. And then, yeah. hey, watch this video. If you have questions, let me know. Yeah, so there are ways to do this. Technology allows us to do that. But have conversations with people. What works, what doesn't. Do they mind, you know, what does their body clock tell you about right. their ability to attend those things? You should know that anyway if you're hiring people outside of your time zone. So, you know, what is their preference? Can they be accommodated? Are there alternatives to those meetings? And by the way, every once in a while, toss them a bone and schedule it when it's good for them and everybody else has to suck it up. And when they complain, you go, yes, that's the point. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So-and-so yeah. has always been, you know, missing dinner for this. You can miss dinner once in a while too. Exactly. Yeah. So I just want to thank both of our listeners for sending in these questions. I'm so excited that we got to tackle these today and we have a few more, but we would love to answer your questions too. So please make sure to send those to us. Thank you for listening to Long Distance Work Life. For show notes, transcripts, and other resources, make sure to visit longdistanceworklife.com. If you haven't yet, subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss any future episodes. While you're there, be sure to like and review. This helps us know what you love about our show. Feel free to contact us via email or LinkedIn with the links in our show notes. Let us know you listened to this episode or even suggest a topic or pet peeve for Wayne and I to tackle in a future episode. And if you'd like to learn more about remote teams, order Wayne and Kevin Eikenberry's new book, The Long Distance Team. You can learn more about the book at longdistanceteambook.com. Thanks for joining us. And as Wayne likes to say, don't let the weasels get you down. Darn weasels. <laughs> 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 <laughs>